Today, we meet the conductor, Thomas Dausgaard. I wanted to be a kind of large-scale chamber music. And this is something uh, you can really develop very strongly when you have a group which is playing together all the time of this size. So everybody has a distinct responsibility, and this is uh, really key to our way of doing these works. Born in Denmark in 1963, Thomas Dalsgaard studied conducting at the Royal Academy of Music in Copenhagen and with Norman Del Mar at the Royal College of Music in London. He also participated in masterclasses with Franco Ferrara, Leonard Bernstein and Hiro Yuki Iwaki and in 1991 won a conducting fellowship to attend the Los Angeles Philharmonic Institute. In 1995, he completed a two-year appointment as assistant conductor to Sergei Ozawa at the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Thomas Dalskart appears regularly with the major Scandinavian orchestras, and since 2004, he's been principal conductor of the Danish National Symphony Orchestra. He's also director of the Swedish Chamber Orchestra, and since taking that position in 1997, has brought that group from a regional orchestra to an internationally acclaimed ensemble. Over the past decade, he and the orchestra have recorded all of Beethoven's orchestral music and have broke with tradition as a chamber orchestra to record all of Schumann's symphonies and a selection of symphonies from Dvorak, Schubert, Schumann and Bruckner. Thomas Dalsgaard was indeed on tour with the Swedish Chamber Orchestra when I caught up with him recently, and I asked him firstly how these two ensembles varied, the Danish National Symphony Orchestra and the Swedish Chamber Orchestra. They have very clear profiles, each of them, and that is really important for me, that they, they have a, a particular identity. And uh, the Danish orchestra has a very clear Nordic profile, and that has to do with the uh, immediate response they will give to any piece by, say, Nielsen Sibelius, uh, the, the important Nordic composers, as well as uh, contemporary music from this part of the world. That's a really important cornerstone of the repertoire there. And the Swedish Chamber Orchestra, yeah, since I came there, we have uh, built on uh, on a more kind of international repertoire. We have started out by recording the Beethoven symphonies. And that was for me because uh, when I came, it was, a, it was a very ambitious group. It still is. And, um, and they wanted to move fast. And I thought this, this was fun. And that was part of the uh, reason why I wanted to go there. And I suggested that we recorded something not uh, out of the... Uh, middle of the road, but really hit the road with with something uh, with the utmost challenge, and uh, therefore we uh, we started on the Beethoven cycle, and it was important for me the whole process of building it up. So we started very slowly, and uh, it's around that we have built our reputation as well as as um, music making, I would say. Well, let's look at the Beethoven symphonies. When you work with the chamber orchestra, what did that allow you as far as interpretation, style, and your approach to to Beethoven? Let's face it, there are a lot of very, very staunch opinions around the world as as to how Beethoven should be performed. What was your approach? Well, uh, to begin with, what what would connect both orchestras and any orchestra I would want to do it with uh, is that I I, uh, wanted to be a kind of large-scale chamber music. 
And this is um, something uh, you can really develop very strongly when you have a group which is uh, uh, playing together all the time of this size. So everybody has a distinct responsibility, and this is uh, really key to, to our way of, of doing these, uh, these works. So uh, for me, regardless of the composer, I'm interested in what could have been in his ears, in his mind. And um, therefore, I'm very inspired by what, what the possibilities were of the instruments of the time, though we play on modern instruments. This is really important for me. And uh, I think through working with composers of today, I've come to appreciate, and I, I every day appreciate more, I think, what is actually uh, written by the composer is an inspiration for us. So that has to do with tempo, with all kinds of uh, uh, nuances, which, uh, which had an importance since it was put down. And therefore, um, I try to, as I hope, I think we all do, try to put us in the composer's place and make the best of it, find the nerve going through from the beginning to the end, the big line, as well as the many, many details. And throughout, again, I think the most important is the chamber musical quality. Um, and this is uh, what we have explored, not only in Beethoven, but by, in, lot of, in lots of other repertoire yeah, with the orchestra. Indeed, at the moment you're on tour with the Swedish Chamber Orchestra and you're performing with a young American soloist, uh, a bit of a shooting star, a wunderkind, Kit Armstrong. And um, in listening to the performance last night, I thought we now have a new generation also of soloists that are coming through with a, a different type of awareness of, of style and approach to Beethoven. I found that very, very much the case last night. Uh, would I be right? Is that something that one could observe that, that perhaps these soloists have, have left perhaps romantic interpretations behind? Well, I think the, um, that's a really important point. Yet, when we, uh, when we met before the first rehearsal, he asked very much about the approach of the orchestra. And we discussed which cadenza he should be playing. He didn't just arrive saying, I'm playing this cadenza. He said, well, if it's uh, in, that, in that kind of circumstance, it's a chamber orchestra, I think I'll do the shorter cadenza in the first moment. So I think he also, uh, in a way... Um, adopted and found inspiration in what was what was around him um, so uh, I haven't experienced him with a full orchestra and and in in a different setting he might be able to, to do that as well but he certainly was fully aware of the style we we gave him but but uh, I think still it has been a really inspiring exchange for all of us to do this together number of the composers and the Scandinavian composers you've spent a lot of time with but uh, something more incredible I, I discovered along the way your grandmother was a piano student of Nielsen right yeah. what a wonderful tradition <laughs> he didn't teach piano but he taught harmony and right. theory okay. so my uh, grandmother and my first piano teacher were students of him and that was absolutely normal there was nothing uh, uh, unusual about that it's only now when you ask it seemed uh, like everybody is in the same family in Denmark it isn't quite so but but even so the I guess the musical life at the time wasn't huge and he was a very revered director of the Academy of Music at the end of his life so um, a lot of people went through his his hands there 
and he was uh, much loved because he was a very charming person and a really uh, uh, caring person as well and uh, had time for, for, for the students. He really took his time uh, there and that was uh, very important, I think, for a generation of musicians. And how has this perhaps then influenced you and your awareness? There was a, a time where you were not really interested in, in performing a lot of the Scandinavian music when, when you went off to live in London for a while. That's right. And I had heard about Nielsen's <laughs> for, so, for so long. And, uh, and actually, uh, I, I had a long period where I really liked his music. But my grandmother and my teacher, they hated it. They thought it was quite ridiculous. So, <laughs> so it wasn't respected uh, throughout the musical world. It probably took a few generations for it really to bloom even in our country. And for myself, I was in waves too. And I also felt that his um, prominence in the, in the musical life had, by the time I was studying there, become too, somehow too significant. Not so much because of him, but because of all those who sort of kind of lived from him. There was a whole tradition created around him by all the, his admirers, and that uh, took up a lot of space. I wanted to in a way like Beethoven, think freely and find my own way to this. And uh, that there was a rather restricted uh, uh, approach there because uh, people thought they had the, the truth because they were in the family or, yes. <laughs> like me, uh, had their grandmother who had studied with him. <laughs> it's quite a connection. The sorts of projects that you're organising with well, these particular ensembles? Yeah. Um, now with the uh, with the Danish orchestra, we have a, a long-standing relationship with, with the uh, some really wonderful Danish composers, Pierre Norgaard, Ben Sorensen, Paul Ruders, uh, several others. Um, and it has uh, been really important for me to create a kind of working atmosphere with, with these uh, composers, between them and the orchestra, where um, maximum respect and love um, can be experienced. Because um, we had periods of, of uh, not great collaboration, uh, be between those parts and uh, I think it has we, we all have to take it very very seriously and uh, really w be wanting to find out what, what what is behind all of this what what is why why is it important that I do as as he asks and therefore I've had these composers very often sit on stage with me and be ready to to explain and and help out and really uh, uh, transform this process into something very positive with the Swedish orchestra, we have, again, I would say a slightly more international roster of, of people working uh, with us. Uh, Brett Dean is uh, uh, doing a lot. Uh, Nali Gruber is doing a lot. And uh, we have projects with many other wonderful composers. And we have a big project uh, coming up with uh, six composers put together in a, in a big big thing we are, we are going to tour with. So it's a very thriving thing. We also work a lot with the young people composing. And uh, we actually have uh, classes who are being um, supported by a professional composer uh, doing pieces which they will come and hear us perform and they will take part in the performance, either singing or uh, using percussion instruments or whatever. They are able to, to use whatever they play and they will join in. And they, most of our concerts actually start with a, with a piece composed by um, students in school. And it's, this is not music students, it's, it's normal schools. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's a really special project and... Uh, I believe very strongly that uh, for musical life to, to thrive in the future, I think the first-hand experience is the most important. That people have the chance of being part of this great thing, being part of a huge group, uh, doing it together, rather than just coming to a school's concert where you are a listener. I think it's very important to be hands-on.
How generous are the Scandinavian countries as far as music budgets go? We have a, a tradition of, of state and county f uh, funding, uh, which uh, is uh, quite different from many other places in Europe, and that means we have a much less developed sponsorship uh, tradition. And um, we sometimes struggle with that because we are also under constant threats with the Swedish orchestra from the state and other parts of the, of the funding, and with the Danish orchestra, uh, because we're part of a big organization, the radio organization. Uh, so we can't just ask for money from the state, because, well, you already have it from the radio, they will say. Um, so in every place, it's a struggle against the tradition and trying to create a tradition for, for foundations and, and sponsors to be part of it. And I would say in Denmark, we, we have worked on that for a longer time. So in that way, we are more successful and we are based in the capital. Now, with the Swedish orchestra, we are actually not based in the capital and that uh, makes it slightly more, more different. Even so, I feel right now there is a very good understanding and uh, respect and admiration for what we have done. We have actually created something quite unique uh, within, the, within the country and uh, I feel we have a, a firm ground to stand on now uh, in, in, in Sweden. Conductor Thomas Dalsgaard speaking to me there. 